What's good, Trifling Ones family? There's something that, as I live longer, I come to recognize, and that's that you never really know what somebody's dealing with. You never know the stress that they're under, and you never know what things are like at the crib. You don't know the stressors that they're dealing with at work, and because of that, Sometimes we're not sensitive to the needs of others. For those of us who, quote unquote, strong, we tend not to show the world what it is that we're dealing with. And so no matter what we're feeling like on any particular day, we always pretty much look the same. Yeah, but sometimes we're not okay. Sometimes we feel like there are a litany of emotions going on on the inside, but we just don't let it out. And so today we're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to talk about I'm not okay. Coming up next on The Trifling Ones. Verse 26, and today we're going to read from the New Living Translation, the New Living Translation. And it says, run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. So I'm going to need to back up a little bit and explain what's happening in this scenario. We have a wealthy woman who lives in a place called Shunem, and she recognizes that the prophet Elisha is coming into town and she identifies, she says, this is a man of God. And she talks to her husband and she says, Bay. Like when Elisha comes to town, I think that we should prepare a place for him where he's able to rest because I can see that he is a true man of God and her husband is okay with this. And so they set up a little spot for him with a bed and a, a desk and a, a lamp and he can call that thing home as he's traveling back and forth. And so one day Elisha turns to his servant Gehazi and he says, find out from this woman what it is that she desires or needs. Does she need me to speak to the king on her behalf? Is there anything that she needs? And the woman responds by saying, nah, I'm good, man. Like, you know, my family, they take great care of me. I don't have a care in the world. And she goes along her way. And later on, Elisha turns to a servant and he says, you know, what can we do for her? And, and the servant says, she doesn't have any kids, man. Like, her husband is older and, and, and she doesn't have kids. And, and I'm thinking that she would love to have a baby. Elisha then says, call her in. And she comes in and he, and he says, um, a year from now, you're going to have a son. And, and she says to him, don't deceive me. Don't, don't make a promise that you can't keep. But sure enough, a year later, 
she has a son. Well, the, the boy grows up a little bit and one day he's out in the field with his father and, and he says to his father, my head hurts, my head hurts. And his father says to a servant, take him to his mother. Servant takes the son to the mother and she places her son on her lap and he lays there and her son dies. This woman then picks her son up and takes him up to the prophet Elisha's room that she has set aside for him. And there she lays him on the bed. After she lays him on the bed, she sends a messenger to her husband and she says, I need a donkey because I need to go see the man of God. Her husband asks, well, why would you go see him today? Like it's not the Sabbath, like, and she says, all is well. And she leaves. She then tells the, the servant who is taking her to see Elisha, go quickly. Well, Elisha looks on the horizon and he sees this mother coming and he, he says to the servant, go find out if everything's all right with her. And Gehazi rides out and he, he gets to her and he says, is everything okay with your husband and you and your child? And her response is yes, everything is fine. What we're witnessing here is the dialogue that takes place between a mother whose son has just died and the servant of Elisha. The servant sees her and, and he rushes to her and he, he asks, is everything okay? And she says, yes, everything is fine. This woman is often celebrated because folks will say, well, look at her faith. Look at how she rides off and she tells everybody everything is well. But deep down inside, this woman has to be saying, I am not okay. So there are three things that we're going to take a look at. The first is our trauma is often unspoken. Our trauma is often unspoken. So this mother and this wife is dealing with what has to be the absolute most difficult situation that one can face. And yet she's suffering in silence. She doesn't say anything to her husband. I don't know why she didn't tell him. I don't know. You know, maybe she didn't want him to worry or maybe she didn't want him to, to have a nervous breakdown. I have no idea. I do know that there have been times when I haven't told my wife certain things for fear of creating anxiety or worrying her unnecessarily. So I, I don't know why she didn't tell her husband. But then she didn't tell the servant, Gehazi, I don't get it. You know, he was connected to the man of God, but her trauma was unspoken. She didn't say a word. You know, I don't know if you've ever been there, but, you know, maybe you're too embarrassed or you don't want to be, in, you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to tell anybody what you're dealing with. You know, maybe you just don't trust folks. You don't know what they're going to do with this information if you share it with them or maybe everybody always looks to you for answers. You're their rock. You're the person that's strong. And they, if they see you in a place that's vulnerable, well, they might just lose their minds. 
There are a number of reasons why she may not have told her husband or told anybody else. She didn't, you know, she didn't try to contact her girlfriend. She just suffered in silence. I'm sure she had her reasons, but she didn't say a thing. Have you ever carried a burden that you chose not to share with anybody? Even the people that you're closest to you, you decided you weren't going to share that thing. And so you're sick. You know that something is wrong, but you choose not to tell anybody. You're suffering in silence. Your, your marriage is about to collapse, but you still take pictures and post it on IG and Facebook like everything is all good. But on the inside, you're dying. You lost your job and, and you're too embarrassed to tell anybody. And so things aren't going very well. The bills are piling up. You don't know what to do. Or maybe you've been evicted. You're, you're not in your home anymore. You're not in the apartment anymore. Your stuff is on the, on the side of the street. But you can't tell anybody that. Your significant others cheated on you and, and you're afraid that people will berate you because they told you back when not to mess with him or to mess with her. School isn't going very well. You're, you're, you're in school and, and the classes, they're kicking your hind parts and you haven't told anybody. You're still mourning the loss of somebody that's been gone for some time now and you can't seem to think about anything else. But you don't call anybody. You don't text anybody. You haven't DM'd anybody. You keep the shades closed and the lights off. You're not okay. The trauma is unspoken. But then our second point is our temperament is often unhealthy. Our temperament is often unhealthy. You know, not communicating what's going on with us can be unhealthy, especially for men. You know, you know, lots of times the sisters, they'll they'll get together and they'll pour a glass of wine and, you know, they'll have their sister girls in their circle. And, you know, they're there to provide some type of comfort. But brothers, you know, we tend not to talk about stuff. We tend not to share. We tend not to show that vulnerability and our temperament is often unhealthy. So we experience problems with our kids and we don't say anything or our marriage is broken and we don't want anybody to know divorces knocking at the door, but we're afraid of looking like we felt somehow, some way. And none of this is healthy. This woman, she, she's, she's carrying the burden of the death of her son and hasn't even told anybody this. And so she said, everything is fine. And we say, everything is fine. But then we might share with somebody, but then we say, every, every, but, 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 but I'm fine. It's all good. You know, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. And the bottom line is that is unhealthy. And so our trauma is often unspoken and our temperament is often unhealthy. But then my final point is this, our trust should be unlimited. Our trust should be unlimited. This mother, this wife 
who's bearing this burden by herself decides that she needs to seek somebody out. You know, she could have stayed at her house and she could have not said anything to anybody and waited for her husband to come home. But she said, I'm not going to share this with just anybody, but I'm going to go to somebody who I think can help with this. Somebody who's connected to God, somebody who has a proven track record. And so she lets go. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 27, it says, But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Elisha's servant Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. See, this woman, she was selective about who she trusted. She says, I'm good to her husband. She says, I'm good to the servant. But when she gets to the person, who's connected to God. She's transparent about what she's feeling. The man of God is able to see past the fact that she says everything is fine. She says to him, did I ask you for a son? I didn't ask for this. God gave me this. And now I'm trusting God to work this thing out. Our trust should be unlimited when it comes to being connected to somebody who's connected to God or when it comes to dealing with God directly. As we're going through life and as we decide that we can't share with everybody, as we decide that we can't be transparent with everybody, it's important to note that we must trust somebody. Because the reality is that if we live life long enough, there are gonna be times when we're not okay. And it's during those times that we seek out and we find the one who can address it all. When Elisha left and went back to that woman's house, he went into that room and God, through Elisha, brought that boy back. He restored what her situation was. It's okay to say it ain't okay. It's all right to admit that you're not all right. So recognize that our trauma is often unspoken. Our temperament is often unhealthy. But our trust should be unlimited. If today you're not okay, you seek out somebody, somebody who can be strong for you, somebody who can remind you that there's still a God, somebody who can be used by God to restore you or your situation. Heavenly Father, we come before you now giving you thanks for all things we are asking that you would watch over us and that you would keep us and that you would protect us. We ask that you would allow us to be able to share those times where we're not okay. 
But we also ask that you would give us the discernment to be able to tell when somebody else is not okay. We need each other, Heavenly Father. We need to be able to support one another. And so we ask right now that not one person who is connected to us would feel all alone and in a dark place, but that rather we would shine a bright light into their life so that if they're feeling downcast and depressed, that they would choose to connect with us so that we can walk them through. And Lord, if we are the one that's not okay, allow us to seek out someone who can bring us back to you and back to your light. All of these things we ask in your son and our savior, Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all of the trifling ones said, Amen. Thank you.